Welcome, this is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 156 of the Circus 71 podcast for the week of April 4th, 2023. Happy Tron opening day and happy International Carrot Day. What happened to happy three years of podcasting day? Well, Donna, if you let me get through the rest of the uh, intro, it might be Well, there. Jamie, you've told me I'm not allowed to look at it anymore in the in advance of recording. So maybe you should hold on to over there and let me finish. Okay. Coming up on today's episode, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser discounts. Pricing for breakfast and lunch at Shoes have been released. Rumored nighttime entertainment may be returning. And in our main segment, we celebrate our third anniversary with listener questions. So much more exciting than Carrot Day. What's up, Doc? This is the Circus 71 Podcast. All right, Donna, hold on to your bloomers. We have news. 30% annual pass holder discount finally has been introduced for Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser at Walt Disney World. This is, um, or, or was held out longer than originally expected, um, but finally Disney is now offering a 30% discount of uh, voyages this spring and summer. Um, there, there's a lot of different dates. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, take your pick from April to June. Um, you know, I mean, you're looking at one, two, I don't know, Donna, what do you think, 20 different dates? Easily. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a situation where you call in and ask if another one's available. I'm pretty sure they'd give it to you. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because Disney still put in our, all the little disclaimers that we know the number of packages allocated for this offer is limited. Oh, yeah, right. At the hotel that you or the uh, uh, experience the land or the seat land on sea. No. The sea on land, the cruise on sure. land. Cruise on land would be the phrase, yes, sir. Right. Um, that you can't sell out. Yeah. Don't think they're limited. Um, Jamie, I have so the- many thoughts, like so many questions almost about this. It's so funny because Jamie said to me, Donna, we only have three stories today. It's not much. We're going to have to talk. And I was like, I have so many things about Star Cruiser. So, first thing that popped into my head, honest to goodness, Jamie, was I wonder if. This is almost a litmus test to say, okay, if we drop our prices by 30%, this is how much more we can fill the Star Cruiser and, you know, maybe kind of see, you know, if that's going to help in dropping the price, if that 30% does it. Um, I was also kind of thinking, you know what, let me, let, let me have you address that first and then I'll go through my other kind of ponderings. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad you paused there because I did want to mention, I did look at a little bit of head when I was compiling our listener questions. One of them does kind of revolve around it, so I don't want to go too much okay. um, into it. Um, Donna, I, I, I like your, your thinking with, with the litmus test idea. I think they're so grasping at straws with this thing right now that they're not looking past much much further past June. I, I think they're really running out of ideas as to how to sell this thing. It, it, I agree. It could be a litmus test, but with how much they've had to cancel, um, you know, in, in the back end of this calendar year that we've seen, um, man, 
it's not looking good. Like I said, I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole because we have that awesome listener question that came in, but um, plausible is, is where I'll go. Okay. So the next thought was, okay, so this is, this is pretty nitty gritty, but I think it's worth the 45 seconds of background I'll need to give for our listeners. So Disney cast members, we all know what they are. Disney employees are, different tiers jamie is that how you would describe like the 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 first party versus second party what Um, word would you use for that like the different color ids is what i'm trying to get at yeah you could you could say that first so either like a direct either direct disney or like our friends we we make no you know secrets that we've got a lot of friends that work over at viva Lee gelato at disney springs so they are a second party um employee of of disney so yes they are disney you know under the disney umbrella but they are not directly disney employees so my next thought when this 30 percent came out was man that really stinks for people like our friend tim who is works for disney gets the disney perks of admission and things like that but he is not a direct disney employee so he does not qualify for that 50 percent off rate why you know again i'm thinking in my head like if they were going to give 30% to APs, why not go to those people and say, okay, we're not going to give you 50 because you're not a direct employee, but we'll give you 30 or we'll give you 40 and let those folks have a crack too. Yeah. I don't think, is second party a term? They're all third party employees, right? What is a second party? A second party is Adonis Tired Brain? Okay. Yeah. But from a philosophical perspective, what is? I mean, does that even exist? <laughs> I don't know. Like, like that's a pondering of the pea brain that I want to like pause the recording and look up right now. <laughs> Shut up. But uh, nevertheless, yeah, because um, I always use the term third party vendors because I think that's accurate. But I don't know what is actually considered. Hold on, party. I just googled it. Okay, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth parties. Oh, my God. I don't know if I need all that. Um, Okay, the second party, quote, means the company, firm, or individual providing goods and or services to the first party and who, by a purchase order, otherwise has formed a contract with the first party for such provision. So maybe they are a second party. So what's a third? Third party, uh, companies that don't have a direct relationship with the buying party and can be bought at an online third party data marketplace oh sorry i went down that rabbit hole no kidding yeah i'm gonna text gerald and ask if he's a second party are you you number two or number three (laughs) did you see that um episode of monsters at work uh we haven't watched that in a really long time there it was it was a line about like he had to take a number seven or something like that that's funny (laughs) <laughs> no, we haven't watched that in a really long time. But nevertheless, getting back on track. <laughs> yeah, right? seriously. Uh, APs. And uh, I think we'll talk a little bit more about this in, in listener questions for sure. All right. So you get to launch into the second story because I'm texting Gerald right now. Okay. Well, speaking of pricing, pricing and menus have been released for... <laughs> <laughs> I, I glanced out of my corner of my eye and saw Donna's current um, cell phone holder and laughed, laughed out loud. Well, I not have the phone laying on my boobs right now. <laughs> oh, there's no chance it's falling either. All right. The pricing and menu. 
pricing and menus has been released for the return of breakfast and lunch to help me, Donna. Acker Shoes. Acker Shoes. Royal Banquet Hall at Epcot in the Norway Pavilion. We mentioned this story, I think, last week that um, Disney announced that um, breakfast and lunch were coming back. We now have pricing. Um, breakfast will be $53 per adult, once again, in Disney World. Um, that is ages 10 and older. Um, and I meant in Disney's world, not necessarily Walt Disney World, because I think that applies to land as well, right, Don? Uh, they are third party, and uh, I don't know what you just said. <laughs> well, I knew they were third party. I still don't know what a second party is. But nevertheless, um, $34 per child, which is ages three to nine, and this is plus tax and gratuity. You said something um, about Disneyland. There's no accuracies in Disneyland. Is that what you're asking me? I'm sorry. No, Hey Hey is behind the coffee maker. I told I was, you I wasn't listening. I said um, uh, adult in, in Disneyland is still considered 10 or old. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, for lunch, lunch is $63 per adult and $41 um, per child. I don't remember if we – I guess we paid that much for dinner or maybe um, – The lunch menu – um, oh, and it's the same as dinner. I guess I should have read those. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I'm or pretty work. sure places like that. Yeah, it's usually the same. Okay. Yeah, lunch and dinner are the same, and it looks like the menu um, is the same as well. And this is a place on and off podcast I have told Donna she needs to absolutely run to um, lunch or dinner. Haven't done the breakfast yet, but um, dinner was outstanding. I think we're definitely down for breakfast. I mean, we are breakfast food people, but I think we're definitely down for, we would do like a later seating breakfast. That way you're eating like a hearty brunch and you're good to go for most of the day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they wouldn't bring out any of the lunch food, right? No, 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 no. But like, we usually do like, like whatever the last seating is for breakfast is usually what we will grab and just go to town then. Right. So, no, love this place. I, um, I, I would actually give the uh, breakfast a try as well. Um, and the, the $63 for lunch, dinner, I have to say I did not feel ripped off at all. That You have the characters, you have um, who I'm assuming they're going to be there for breakfast. Did we read that, Donna? I would be shocked if they weren't. Yeah. Um, this all begins May 14th. Mm -hmm. what happens to be Andrew Donna's wedding anniversary. And Mother's Day this year. Well, I got one out of two. You got to give me credit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure your wife is going to care that you remember that it's our wedding anniversary. <laughs> I think she'll be shocked. So I'd like to get credit for that. <laughs> so, nevertheless, why don't you? Uh, why don't you uh, kick off our third and final story? Okay, so Jamie and I, for those who have listened to our show for a while, you know that we don't typically talk too much about rumors um but that we we will talk about ones that just seem a little too um out there and a little too um you know plausible to not at least speak on plus i would be lying if i didn't say we really 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 hope that this is true is that accurate yeah, 100%. I, I, the only thing I, I wouldn't necessarily say out there, but I think this is so, yeah, that makes sense. And it's a, from our 
friends at WDWNT who I and you know I'll speak for Donut trust implicitly with a lot of their information that there's enough smoke that I think there's fire personally. So the news, if you've not yet caught wind of that smoke, is that Main Street Electrical Parade to return to Walt Disney World and Paint the Night to return to Disneyland both in 2024. Um, So the assumption would be that um, hopefully Main Street Electrical would return to Disneyland this summer for a seasonal run and then come um, to Walt Disney World afterwards and then paint the nights um, swinging back to Disneyland Resort in summer 2024. Um, one of the reasons I'm super pumped about this is um, Jamie, Val, Andrew, and I went out to Disneyland for the 60th anniversary. And one of the main reasons, honestly, was to see paint the night. We literally got there like almost two hours before the parade. We put a blanket down on the ground. We were playing rummy literally playing cards, waiting for hours for this parade, things that we would never typically do. And I can say I've never done before or since to see a parade. And we did it gladly and would do it again gladly to see Paint the Night. It was honest to goodness. It was that good. It was that impressive. And my kid would lose his ever-loving mind. He loves parades so much. The funny part to this whole thing is... Uh, we talked about this on the show. We went to Disneyland last summer on the way home, you know, conveniently on the way home from Alaska. You know, we went to Disneyland all shucks. Um, <laughs> just, just stopped in for a, chur- for a churro and a pretzel. <laughs> yeah, had a four-night stay. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, um, we planned to go back. We're going back this summer. We're going to go back in July this year. Um, and one of the main reasons is because I was so bummed that Anthony didn't get to see Toontown. With Toontown not existing here, but being in Disneyland and then being closed for the major overhaul uh, last summer, he didn't get to see it. And he's still so into characters. I know you've said all this before, so uh, I'll move on. Um, but if he gets to see Main Street Electrical again, he's going to be so excited, so happy. But then in my head, I'm thinking like, Oh, are we going to have three years in a row going, going out to Disneyland? Because I surely will want to go see Paint the Night if it's in Disneyland again. When can we do this again? Which, uh, by the way, when we saw that for the 60th, um, I didn't know that that song was actually from Wreck-It Ralph. I thought it was totally for Paint the Night because I've never seen Wreck-It Ralph. Um, oh, it's such a cute movie. Oh, it's phenomenal. And and. Both Aiden and Peyton love, and I think one and two are equally as good. They're fun. Um, but uh, yeah, as as much as I'm not a real huge fan of Main Street Electrical, um, clearly Paint the Night is is better. It, it's you know, oh, it is way more. Um, you know, 2023 or you know, whenever it debuted, but it's way more current. Looks better. Um, I was a huge Spectrum Magic fan, and I would have loved to see, you know, Spectrum Magic 2.0 come for the 50th for Walt Disney World. I, I think that should have been there. Me too. Um, but with that being said, if this rumor does pan out where Main Street Electrical does come back to Walt Disney World, um, at least it's something, you, you know, I'm not going to rag on that. I'm not a huge fan of it because um, they had did update it. They, they added, I think it was like the cocoa on the last. Yeah. Um, the last slide was really slide. quite good. Actually. I was going to say the last slide, like it's, it's a presentation, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, on, um, on that last float. So they did update it a little bit. 
Um, I would love something totally new. I would, you know, lose my mind if it was Spectrum Magic 2.0 because I think that music is iconic and beautiful. Um, but if it, if Main Street Electrical gets Walt Disney World a nighttime parade back, I'm all for it. All right, Jamie, I'm asking you this question on April 2nd at approximately 9.20 at night. If Paint the Night comes to Disneyland in 2024, will you take the kids? 2024, that puts Peyton at what, five? Yep. Six, maybe. <sighs> I just don't know about the flight. I, I would have to, I, I don't know if I can give you a legitimate answer right now because I'd have to see, like, do I think she could handle that long of a flight? Aiden would be fine. Um, I think Peyton at five would probably be okay. Um, well, Anthony was five when we did Alaska. Okay. 20, 2024. Well, when's the 70th? That would be what, 2025? Mm, yes. Yes, because it opened in 1955. Right. And, and also, we went to the, in my head, I was thinking we went to the 60th in 2015, the year before Anthony was born. We did. Yeah. Because land so, opened it nine, in 1955. Right. And maybe I'd kick it out a year to do the 70th. Oh, wouldn't that be a kick in the pants if, if they did? <laughs> I got to think in my head, like, okay, we went last year, and now I'm going back this summer because we're tuned down. And I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, my God, I'd absolutely go for paint the night. And I'm like, I have to go for the 70th. <laughs> I have problems. You need points at the Disneyland Tower. Honestly, Jamie, I I thought about it and I looked at some of those price points and they're astronomical. They haven't been released yet. The chart? Yeah, that that was all speculation and rumor. Oh, okay. Well, this the speculation and rumor is absurd. Might be. Well, the price per point hasn't been released either. A lot of people are originally um, projecting in like the 260, 270 per point. But yeah. a lot because of like pandemic and things like that, that it actually may get kicked, you know, economic recessions and things like that may get kicked, you know, to a more reasonable figure. But that should be going on sale soon. Well, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't hold your breath. We just put a new roof on our house. Look for a brand, uh, grand cow. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, in any case, that is uh, that's the the rumor that that we will at least speak on. We're going to cross our fingers and toes that that it happens. And I'd love to see paint the night here. Um, I think there should have been something for the fiftieth. Makes me sad. The end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the rumor with paint the night was that it didn't have the turning radius. They actually couldn't get the floats down Main Street, which is crazy in another i heard someone say that the utilidor structure wouldn't support it which i call nonsense on if the utilidor yeah. structure can support that many people walking down main street i think it could support floats especially with the expanding waistlines <laughs> but no i mean i mean some of those some of those floats in paint the night like are absolutely ginormous though yeah so I, I I would think more it's a turning radius issue if they're looking at you know like a like a Magic King. I mean Magic Kingdom I think is the only one they could put it in. Oh um, yeah, because of because of the walkways. Maybe Epcot. I don't know, but it wouldn't make sense there. 
Not that that matters, but <laughs> nevertheless, I miss Spectro Magic and wish it would come back, but it's dead. So hopefully Main Street Electrical, but this is a story we will keep um, our eyes and ears on. So, all right, Donna, thanks for the news. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back with listener questions. And we are back for some listener questions. Jamie had uh, something come up this evening, so you are going to get Andrew's thoughts on some uh, LQs. Want to say hi? Well, obviously, the, the show has now improved because I'm involved. So, Well, this is also going to be awkward because you submitted a question or two, so I'm guessing we're not going to answer those unless you want to answer your own questions, which you do half the day anyway. Exactly. So I don't understand why I can't answer my own questions. All right. Anyway, thank you to those who did spend a couple minutes to shoot us your thoughts and your ponderings. So first one that came in that I did definitely want to um, address is from Ashley. So Ashley said, what hidden gem restaurant would you consider your favorite? So this one's hard for me because I feel like hidden gems could honestly be like a top five and five episode. Um, But it might be Sebastian's. Oh, this is a tough one. Yeah, Sebastian's was pretty good. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to give it away because then it won't be a hidden gem anymore. People are going to want to go and then they're going to take our take our restaurant. No, Sebastian's I think is definitely a hidden gem. I've wanted to go back since the one time we went. Um, trying to think what else like. Mm, Boma. Boma is pretty good. And I will say Sanaa. Definitely, definitely very good. But I guess that's not really like a hidden gem. Everybody knows about Sanaa. Yes, I know, though, because it's not the easiest one to get to, especially true. being a Kadani versus AK Lodge. Very true. Yeah, it's not at the main lodge. It's, at Kidani. it's, like, it's the only sit-down restaurant. At, at Correct. Sanaa. So, yeah, no, I, I would definitely say say that then. You might be right. You know what else I'm going to say, too, that I've, I've thought a couple times we've gone there was really good? Um, Grand, Floridian, Grand Floridian Cafe. You know, that's a really good point. And again, like it's tough to say, oh, that's a hidden gem, but it's certainly one that people don't talk about. I don't know if in my, you know, 12 years booking dining for folks, I don't know if I've ever booked it for someone who isn't staying there. Or isn't using it so that they could watch the New Year's Eve fireworks. Excuse me, we eat there (laughs) and it's New Year's Eve Eve. Yes, that's true. So, no, I mean, I think the bottom line is there are several resort hotels that have some really nice dining options. But I think sometimes if it's not characters, people don't think to, to go over and check them out. Yeah, for sure. Even think about um, the place we've gone now for pizza twice. That The, the name's escaping me. Trattoria Forno. Thank you. So that was a really popular one when they were doing the character breakfast. But now that the character breakfast is not a thing... It's kind of fallen off people's list of restaurants to consider. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you'd know more about that with being a travel agent than than I would. I mean, we def we've only eaten there twice, but definitely for us, it's now kind of like a hidden gem because we had never eaten there in ten years of living in Florida and all the other times that we've been to Disney. Fair. All right, Andrew, why don't you pick um, the next one to pull? Um, let's see. A lot of these you guys have discussed a lot. Um, I'll go with number seven because I want to know. What signature restaurant have you not tried that you want to the most? And what signature restaurant have you tried that was your favorite? 
So Andrew and I have talked a lot about how prior to um, Snow White's uh, coming, and I don't want to say ruining because the food was legitimately still good there. Yeah, it's very good. But how Artist Point was our favorite signature dining before. We enjoyed the food, and I think more than anything else, we just enjoyed the ambiance and the fact that since it was at that point in time a very hidden gem, it was always super quiet. Um, favorite signature, man. It used to be, you know, Cali Grill would have been on the list, but we didn't often get entrees there. We would get sushi and like flatbread pizza. That is one they ruined, though. I know. (laughs) So I would definitely say that. I guess current one, and we've only eaten there twice, is Topolino's a signature restaurant? Topolino's for character breakfast wouldn't be like a signature dining experience, though. Not for breakfast, but for, well, I guess... I don't know. They've all kind of ruined them. I w- I'll. I'm gonna take <laughs> Disney has ruined dining. I will. I will take this another direction, and I will say a signature restaurant that I have tried that I would like to try again and give another shot is definitely um, the Yachtsman. Yeah, because we have and we've talked about this on the show. Like you know, Jamie always busts our chops about like I can't make a judgment pre Anthony, and I feel like I'm very good about saying like it's been ages since we've eaten there. If we haven't eaten there since we've had Anthony, who's you know going to be six and a half this week. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Yachtsman, I would definitely try again. We haven't been to La Cellier since Anthony was really really little, and we went with the Laudmans. So La Cellier. Yeah, Le Cellier, I would definitely like to to try again. Cause, but... I would like to try Topolino's for dinner next. That would be my next place that I would like to try for dinner. Noted for date night. Topolino's for dinner. Got it. That happens so often. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. With six-year-old in dough. Um, no, Le Cellier, I would say, because, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a steak person. And the last time we ate there, I mean, the steak was very good, even though I had to eat it while having Anthony strapped to me in an ergo asleep, uh, and my steak was cold at that point because I had been walking around trying to get him to go to sleep. Um, so, yes, I would definitely try that again. Um, not tried. Um, Narcuzzi's is on the water. It is on the water, and we've never eaten there. I'd like to go to any of the restaurants that um, you and Heather have gone to on your mom <laughs> dates. That I don't get to go to. <laughs> you might need to give some clarification on that. So Donna has a friend, Heather, oh. who comes down with her family, and she has a, a husband, and she has three small children. Usually she travels with her husband, the three small children, and their her mom and dad. And when they come down at least once or twice a year, Don, she and Donna go on what they call their mom dates, which is they take each other out and they go to one of the signature <laughs> restaurants at Disney, just the two of them. And they have a nice dinner, the two of them, and they talk and they spend hours and hours there, have a bottle or two of wine. Oh, you are exaggerating. There's not usually that much alcohol involved. And excuse me, last time they came to town, did we not all four of us go out? We did, all four of us. We went to Homecoming, and it was amazing. Homecoming's another hidden gem restaurant, although I guess it's not really a hidden gem, but that's another restaurant that I, the two times we've eaten, I really enjoyed. Definitely not a hidden gem. It's one of the most popular <laughs> restaurants at Disney Springs. Right. <laughs> not so hidden gem. All right, my turn. Um, let's see. This one is awful, but I told him that I would at least bring it up so john this one's for you 
So John says you always get asked what a fifth gate would be, but what if you had to get rid of a park? Which park and why? So Andrew, I'll let you think on that, and then I get to give my total cop-out answer. Are you ready? That makes no sense what you just said. I'm going to let you think on of it, think on it, and then I'm going to give my answer after you give your answer. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm going to okay. let you think on it. I will okay. give you my cop-out. Are you ready? I'm ready. Go for it. It's a very obvious answer. Okay. River country. Doesn't exist anymore, Donna. It doesn't. That's not a cop-out answer. It has to be an existing park, I believe. I mean, John was not clear in his directions when he asked me the question. So I'm sticking with what I answered him when he texted me. And that is clearly river country. Okay. I'm probably going to ruffle a few feathers with this but as far as getting rid of one of the parks and why again i know people are going to be upset i'm gonna say either epcot or animal kingdom because animal kingdom there's not that many rides to do i still feel like it's kind of a half day park and epcot just like I, I've, I mean, I've shared with Donna, I've shared with Jamie before. I think in all the times we've gone to Disney, uh, we've we go to Mexico. Obviously, we go to Norway. I think we've set foot in China three times. Um, Germany, the furthest we've gone is like to get the beer flight or maybe like a pretzel. Italy, obviously, we've gone to a bunch of times. The only time we went to Morocco was when they had the Florida Blue Lounge. Um, I just, and as far as the rides and everything else, I mean, I love Guardians. Definitely one of my favorite rides park-wide. I love Figment and other things like that. But if you're going to put my feet to the fire and make me get rid of one, I think it's going to, it's it's between the two of them. I'm not sure which one because I love what they both symbolize, obviously, with all the countries of Epcot and Animal Kingdom, with all the animals, but I, I, I'm, I guess I'm going to go with it as a tie between the two of them. I get rid of one or two of them because Hollywood Studios obviously is amazing and Magic Kingdom is – it's Magic Kingdom. You can't get rid of Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I mean this question was a doozy and he knew it when he asked it. Um, I'm so frustrated with Epcot right now because of the construction that feels like it's literally never going to end. I also feel like we've gotten away, we, as if I have anything to do with the decision making. Disney has gotten away from kind of the, the core, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. And I'm not saying that they ever could have like, you know, had people live there. I'm not that crazy. But I just feel like we're the more that we are shoving IPs in everywhere, you know, it's always going to be I think I said this an episode or so ago that Anthony was was correcting, you know, Andrew about it's world discovery data. No, dude, it's 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 called, you know, future world like (laughs) it's future world and world showcase like this whole idea of like different neighborhoods and all this other nonsense. I just I feel like if they were going to start a park over, if we had to get rid of a park and say like, no, try again, (laughs) I would have to go with Epcot. But there is just so much I like about the festivals I love. So if I really absolutely had to get rid of a park, I guess it would have to be Animal Kingdom, but I would absolutely never do that. And River Country is my answer. Okay. Yeah. I mean, even with Epcot too, like as you were saying, Donna, I didn't even think about it, but like even something as, as simple as Mission Space. That they took out Gary Sinise 
and they put in these terrible actors <laughs> where one of them, I swear it sounds like the one guy from Mission Control, is a voiceover. They use somebody else's voice and they just use the actor because it's just the audio sounds so weird and so off. The woman who's like Mission Control is just a terrible over actor. They, they took Maelstrom and they took everything out of it and now everything is just videos and it's black everywhere with a few animatronics just like you said i've and moana moana it's supposed to be the experimental prototype prototype community of tomorrow moana is supposed to take place whatever hundreds of years ago right like when polynesian people were still sailing around the oceans of the pacific ocean like that that's not tomorrow that's the past last i checked that's why it's not future world anymore kid All right, why don't you read number 10 and make sure to say who asked the question. Okay, so this is a question from Jen, and it is, what merch have you bought that holds the most meaning to you? Thoughts? So I'm supposed to go first? Whatever. I'm going to go with a cop-out answer, and I'm going to say our Mickey and Minnie bride and groom ears because you didn't buy those I know I didn't buy we bought them collectively okay but they're the ones that mean the most to me cuz we wore them for our honeymoon when we came down in 2011 for our honeymoon so that's lovely but you're wrong the <laughs> most the most meaningful merch that we purchased was actually the onesie that Mickey Mouse held up in the air to tell us that when I was pregnant with Anthony, that he was a boy. Okay, fair enough. So we had, I'm, I'm not even sure if we talked about this on the podcast, to be honest. Um, we had the ultrasound results written in an envelope, and we knew that we wanted to know the gender of our baby when I was pregnant with Anthony, but we didn't um, you know, want to do like a huge gender reveal party or, or anything like that, really. So um, we decided that we would, on our five-year wedding anniversary, we decided that we would go to Magic Kingdom and go see Mickey, and it was at the time it was Talking Mickey, and that he would tell us if we were having a boy or a girl. So we brought with us to um, the attraction. We, we brought my parents and we we brought my parents, two friends with us uh, who knew what we were doing. My parents did not until like 30 seconds before we walked up to Mickey. We were like, hey, guess what? We're going to find out what gender we're having. Um, so we handed the, the character handler, the person with Mickey, we handed her the envelope that said, you know, boy inside. And we handed her a bag that had two onesies in it. One had Mickey on it. It said Future Prince Charming. And the other was like a little Cinderella onesie. Um, so she went, you know, really quickly, you know, off stage and you know checked what it was came back you know we all had our eyes covered she handed the onesie to mickey mouse she said okay everyone open your eyes we open her eyes and mickey was holding the you know future prince charming and then in his creepy mickey voice congratulations <laughs> um and we you know have all the pictures and everything like that in the video of mickey you know telling us that we were having a boy so that still to this day um is something that is in anthony's room yes and you left out that Another amazing part oh, of that yeah, story that's true. is that we went back probably a year later, right? It was almost a year Anthony later. Anthony was not walking yet, so he couldn't have been a year yet. He was, I remember he was still in like the infant carrier. So, yeah, like somewhere between like six and 12 months, you know, old, or no, not even, probably like between like four and six months old if we were carrying him around in that thing. 
Right. So, okay. So somewhere between four to six, it might've even been our anniversary again. So he might've been. No, I think, cause I think we, I really think it was somewhere around my birthday because I think we were wearing like long sleeves and everything like that, which would have had to have been sometime in January. Okay. So he was only a few months old at that point. Um, but we went and Donna had a picture of when we all held up the ones like our picture with Mickey and handed it to the handler and said, Hey, I don't know if you know who this is or if you can pass it around to friends of Mickey or to handlers and see if they can figure it out. And she looked at it and she kind of like looked at us and then she looked at Mickey and she said, Mickey, this is us. We did this. So like, luck of the draw of all the rooms to go into it was the exact same handler and the exact same friend of mickey that like this is us and it was just really cool like that again like just i don't even know fate's the right word but like just really neat that like we literally went into the exact same room where they were like and showed them the picture yeah no that was that was definitely super 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 cool so that's definitely the most meaningful thing i also really still love the birthday crown you got me for like my 26th birthday or 27th birthday whatever it was my first birthday down here i loved that crown you got me um what i'm trying to think what other like really really meaningful merch we have i mean obviously we have all the christmas stuff which, which i love the popcorn buckets which are so fun I'm literally looking around our our living room, our family room, to see if anything makes me think of. Donna probably loves her figment popcorn bucket that I bought her also. I mean, I didn't get him last year when he was like all the rage, but he is cute. He's sitting here looking at me. Hello, figments. The end? I think so. We so sorry, Jen, for that <laughs> major side story. Hope that's all you were looking for there. Um, all right. Next question will be from Gerald. This one is one that I've thought about a ton. So to be fair, I probably should speak first and kind of let Andrew gather his thoughts. So Gerald said, if the dining plan returns, will reservations stay at 60 days? So this is one of those things where I get it. From the planner aspect, from the excitement aspect, from Disney knowing we're going to have, you know, even more bookings on the books, you know, at six plus months out if we went back to 180 days. I almost think that that will be what happens, that there will be a push out from the 60 to the 120. Um it's certainly not my preference. I can't tell you the number of times that I book people's dining. And it's no one's fault. I book their dining six months before their vacation dates. And then something happens and they have to move their dates. And guess who's getting up at six o'clock in the morning to book those dining reservations again? Oh, yeah, me. So I know it's my job. I know it's, you know, it's a service that I provide to my clients. But it's still... I don't love 6 a.m. I have dining tomorrow morning and I'm already grumbling at 9.50 at night thinking about when the alarm's going to go off at 5.50 for me to fall out of bed and, you know, go do dining. It is what it is. But that was always frustrating when I would book their dining and then they would make a change. And sometimes it wasn't even one change. It was like, you know, I'd literally be doing dining for someone like three times. So, again, it wasn't great for me, but I understand the benefit to Disney. You know, hey, you know, if we are telling people that a benefit to booking on property is you can book 
180 plus 10, because right now it's, you know, you're 60 plus plus 10 for length of stay, you know, we're going to have more people booking further out so that we can look at what promotions we have to offer further out, yada, yada, blah, blah. So I get that for sure. I also think that it could be interesting because if they do go to the 180 day mark and you're looking at anything that's um, a prepay, they can't make a price adjustment. Well, they can. They certainly can, but you wouldn't have to pay it if it's increased between the 180 days and, you know, the time that you get there. Whereas right now it's it's only 60 plus 10 that you're kind of looking at as far as, you know, oh, this this could have a price increase for Cinderella's Royal Table or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um so I I I don't think personally that it will stay at 60 days. I'd love it to. But I don't necessarily think that it will stay at 60. I don't know if it'll go all the way out to the 180 again, um, but I can definitely see like 90. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, that's what I was going to kind of say is I I think eventually they're going to bump it back at least a little bit. But it's also tough for me to put on both hats because I've seen when you book stuff 120, 180 days out and then people decide – you know, 60 days out from their vacation. Oh, we can't go that week. You know, my daughter's pregnant. My granddaughter's going to be born that week or whatever. And I've seen you and you're like, grumble, grumble, grumble. Like, or it's 45 days out and the people are like, okay, we want to bump it one week. Oh, there's availability, but we also want all of the reservations that you got us 140 days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen that. But I think almost like then the other way as a consumer I feel like it's almost better only being 60 days out because then you're able to kind of plan not as far in advance. Like our anniversary is only in whatever, six weeks. Like I'd be, would love to be able to look and see like what's available now and have it be available and not be completely booked out because, oh, I should have booked it, you know, in November for our anniversary in May. You know what? That actually. You just said something in your kind of sharing your thoughts that I had not brought up, nor had I really thought about. And that was that you can't even book a room only reservation right now for 2024. This is the first year that you can't book. In the past, you were able to book a room only reservation for 499 days out. Um, And then, you know, it was kind of a pain in the tail because then when packages were released early summer, we would have to call into Disney and get it the money transferred from the room only reservation to a package reservation. So I guess kind of thinking forward here, if they don't open for booking until June and you're looking six months out, you're already at that point in December for dining. And if it's late enough in December for the check-in, you know, you could be going into to January the following year. And that's a lot of thinking about that with, with not even being able to do the room only. So I'm not sure that it will go all the way back out. I don't know. Gerald, this is an awesome question as per the usual. Yeah. Gerald always comes with awesome thoughts. My other thought that I just thought about while you were talking was I also feel like almost the opposite, that maybe there shouldn't be a cap. Like what if you have a special occasion coming up? Like you haven't booked it yet because it's not available. Like let's say 2025 is somebody's 10-year wedding anniversary or it's their 25th wedding anniversary and they got married at Disney or something like that and they know they want to eat at Victorian Albert's. I feel like they should be able to book it like, hey, we want May 14th of 2025 because it's our 25th wedding anniversary and be able to book it now because like, you know, you're going to go 
So yeah, but Andrew, I think that that would be totally, totally abused by the turds who abuse like other systems at Disney. Yeah, but who's going to book stuff? You really think like that it would sell out like two years from now or like 18 months from now that people are going to book stuff up? Or like, what if you knew you're taking a big family reunion Christmas trip in Christmas of 2024? You know what? I will say this, and this is totally like we're going off the rails here as far as Gerald's question goes. Yeah, but I almost do think that there should be some advantage. Advantage isn't the right word. I mean, I guess it would be an advantage. But if you are traveling with a group of like 12 or more, 16 or more, 20 or more or something like that, that if you agree to pay, and I don't think it should be complimentary because then I think you would have people saying, oh, yeah, we're going to have 16 people and they show up with eight. But like if you agree, like when you're booking it, we will have this and people almost like a contract of sorts and, and a deposit and things like that, that you should be able to book because this would even be easier for me as a travel agent. And it would make families so much happier if I could, you know, book their dining before the 60 plus 10, even 75 days out and say like, okay, you know, this this family is a, a party of 18 traveling together. Right now, if I'm booking a party of 18, I'm getting like four tables, maybe even sometimes five tables for them. And then they're showing up at restaurants and begging, you know, the host to find seats somewhere near, you know, one another. So that would be something I would like to see before I'd like to see everyone move back. So Gerald, again, <laughs> gone off the deep end here with your question, but my show, <laughs> my, my show, my rules is what Don was going to say. I'd say, but I agree, Don, almost like, um, like you said, deposit or the booking fee, like they charge if you don't show up anyway, the no show, like maybe they charge you, like you said, a, a group of 10, let's say they charge you $10 a person and it's $100, but it gets refunded when you show up the day of the reservation or something like that. Yeah. All right. Let's do one more, um, Andrew. And I think we need to do the one that I just highlighted here, number six, because Jamie was talking about it when he and I recorded housekeeping last night. With Disney discounting Galactic Star Cruiser, Galactic Star Cruiser what do you think will eventually happen to it? What do I think will happen to it? I think it's going to become... Donna looked at me after I read that, like, go ahead and give your answer. Um, I think it is going to become... No, I'm not going to steal your answer. You can, Ken? Donna believes, and I kind of agree with her, she thinks it's going to become almost like a dinner show type of thing. That, like, you can sign up and you get a meal or whatever. You can go explore Galactic Star Cruiser. They do all the bells and whistles. The show that's now included in, is it two, two night, three day stay, right? That's included with it. Um, but it would be more of obviously just truncated to just a few hours or something like that. I could see that. I could also see that they just open it up and it turns into, if you want to pay for it, then you, you know, you could say for a night or it's not, it's not as constricted as it is now. What I my initial thought was Andrew kind of gave half of my, of my thought when he and I were talking about this before he knew he would be, <laughs> you know, on on the show. Um, so I had thought that it would end up being just like a typical deluxe resort, you know, deluxe resort pricing, and you know that they would then you know allow only folks staying at the Star Cruiser to access the specialty gift shop as another enticement to get people to stay there. And I thought, you know, okay, maybe they'll still have some of the in-character cast members walking around. And then I was like, oh, okay, I wonder if they could even bring in the the dinner show aspect of um, 
you know, now that we don't have the Spirit of Aloha because they've leveled it for the DVC property at the Poly, you know, maybe that could be like a second dinner show, hoop you and then, you know, something Star Wars themed because they could charge big bucks for people who, you know, are staying elsewhere or even, you know, staying off property that are Star Wars geeks, you know, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll pony up 120 bucks, you know, or whatever it is to do this dinner show experience and, and really make some good money there. So when I kind of said that off the cusp to Andrew and to Jamie, Jamie pointed out that, and I do need to make sure I say this because if he were on the show, he would be saying this, that there are no pools at the Star Cruiser. So there is is no way to really market it as, you know, the full deluxe resort experience because one of the kind of keystones of deluxe resorts are really, really nice pools and oftentimes splash pads and definitely slides and water features, um, as well as... I have a we have a hand up in the air. Are we in well, school? Just when you were done talking, I wanted to make sure you gave me a chance to talk. <laughs> um, as well as the fact that um, it's all valet parking, which sounds lovely when you're gonna when you know you're gonna be there for you know the two nights three days. But if you're parking your car and you want to be able to jump in the car and pop over to Magic Kingdom instead of taking the bus, that's a pain in the tail. If you have to rely on the valet to rely on the valet to go get it. Yeah, definitely with that. My two thoughts I was thinking of as you were talking was immediately when you said dinner show, I was thinking almost like on a Disney cruise ship, specifically the Wish, that they have the now the dinner shows they do. They have the Arendelle. They have the Ant-Man and the Wasp one. Um, so I was thinking of that like the actual like the dinner shows, like something like that would be cool. Um, and then as far as the pool thing, what I thought, again, another cool idea that they could easily do that I think relatively they could do. Who I was going to say they could do relatively quickly, but it also took them five years to build Tron when it was a carbon copy cookie cutter of exactly what they already had. But what I was going to say was if they built some sort of building in that backstage area and make it look like another planet or something like that and call it the pools of Tatooine or like something like that, and you could build like an interior pool splash area water park whatever you want to call it i think one of the biggest issues with that i'm not saying they can't do it like there might be room to do it i don't know i haven't seen enough of the 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 aerial view but i think the one of the biggest problems with that is the amount of money it would take to do that when they've already spent so much money on something that's not working that's not enticing people to come anyway yeah so I'm not sure. It'd be this would be an interesting one to to kind of hear Jamie's thoughts on too. Um, maybe we'll we'll revisit this one next week. But um, for now, thank you guys again for taking the time out of your day to send us your listener questions. You don't have to wait for us to have an episode in order to send them. We will compile them for the next time, or you know maybe throw it on as a top five and five if we see something that we could really talk on um, a lot. So next week, Jamie and I will wrap up our March Madness tournament. And as always, we hope you have a great week. And we'll see ya real soon.